This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Welcome to the penultimate Media Week TV podcast of 2022. Where did that year go? This week we go from Australia's long-running soap operas and the real-life plot twist worthy perhaps of either of them Uh, There's a new Australian comedy out next week. There's an amazing new series about male strippers and a whole lot more. And Tim Burton has made a TV show. Uh, Also, as promised, our final thoughts about The Crown. And then we won't go back to it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But first, look, I thought we'd start with this Australian comedy. Colin from Accounts. Look, Andrew... I, I commented I, I was lucky enough to get to see the first couple of episodes I screened this week with the a uh, lot of the cast were there. Yep. And, and it was like a premiere for a, a big international movie. There does seem to be a lot of interest in this, whereas even a couple of years ago, a, a quirky Aussie comedy on a pay TV platform wouldn't have made a big noise. Yeah, it's interesting now, isn't it? I mean, now we can make shows, as we've seen with Heartbreak High, we can make a show and, boom, it can stream all around the world. Um, and, look, I was couldn't wait to watch Colin from Accounts because I think that that creative team of Harriet Dyer and Patrick Brammel, real-life husband and wife, I mean, you only have to look at the episode they did for Summer Love. They kicked off that series on the ABC. They've got a great ear and eye for situations and dialogue. Uh, I'm a big fan of the movie. I think they met on, which is Reuben Guthrie. Um, I've That's an Aussie film, vastly underrated. I've watched it several times with friends. I think it's a great film. Um, and I love it because uh, I just think, I, I mean, Patrick Bramwell proved his comedy chops so well in uh, the... What was that sitcom he did? Uh, sub- the Bogan one, suburban, not the Moody's. The Moody's. The Moody's. Yeah, he did the Moody's. Yep, the Moody's. He was so funny in that. Um, and you know, I think they've got a great eye for Australian comedy. And I loved the first episode of Colin from Accounts. It created a really funny situation to put, you know, a single guy and a, a younger woman who's just split up with her boyfriend but still is very keen on him and, and maybe a little bit neurotic about it. The situation they create to throw these two characters together I think has a lot of comic potential and I can't wait to see where this show's going to go. <clears throat> yeah, look, I, I pretty much agree with all of that. The um, I just wish they did a moody Christmas episode every year. Yes. <laughs> I think that's uh there'd be a real market there for that. Um yeah, look, it's um first two episodes I saw, it's great. It's uh an interesting story about the, you know, uh that starts off Patrick Brammel's driving um along a street looking for a car park and he accidentally um hits a dog. Yeah. And and then the sort of it it all snowballs on from there. Yeah. Um and I'm, it's not a big spoiler. That's where they get the title for the um, the show from as well. Yeah, but but it's uh, yeah, it's good. I, I thought it was really nice. That the casting's really nice. Look, I don't know a lot about the other cast members. Helen Thompson, I've seen her in a few things. I think she was in Rake. She's also got a role in Elvis, the uh, movie. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, Emma Harvey, 
Um, don't know much about her. She was in that diary of an Uber driver, which I really didn't. I found that hard to uh, follow. Uh, Genevieve Hegney, who you probably know from Doctor Doctor. Yes, I do. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, Michael Logo again. Don't know much about him. And um, a Ty Hara, who's a, been a home and away regular, I think. Yes, he has. And I think he uh, went across and did a Channel 9 show too. Maybe he did one of those underbellies. I can see him like in a suit uh, dressed up. Maybe he was one of the investigators in underbellies. says he was in hide and seek as well. I'm not oh, sure. yeah, okay. Not Look, sure. I, I love the fact that they pick cast that, you know, are Aussie actors that have been working in a long time but not necessarily household names yet. You sure. know, clearly they cast to get the best people possible and I think that's great because, you know, sometimes we see some of the same faces and names appearing in almost every Australian show. I think it's really great to remember there's a lot of great other actors out there, particularly uh, character actors in the comedy field, that uh, deserve a bit of a leg up, and and I think they've done that in Colin from Accounts. Yeah, we should point out this is a binge commission, so um, all eight episodes are going to be available when they're up there. I'm pretty sure it's Thursday, December 1, uh, when you can get to watch this. Mm. So, yeah, watch out for it, uh, Colin, from accounts, eight half hours. Yeah, um, yeah. I, but, but, well, you, great for me. You know me, James, I love an Australian comedy <laughs> uh, and I'm really, really happy that the first episode was so good because now I will absolutely binge every episode. Look, and you know me, I love, I you know, things that aren't really highbrow and this has got plenty of lowbrow gags. Look, there's yes. there's wee jokes, there's poo jokes, there's <laughs> yeah. fart, fart gags. <laughs> All in that, I think, all in that first episode. That so, you know, that could resonate with a lot of Aussie viewers. Um, now, this is. Can we segue from this to the flat share? Yeah, I think it's good because the flat share is a similar premise. It's a kind of a you know mostly comedy. It's a comedy about uh, a man and a woman, and you know, obviously, as the show goes on, we're going to see them maybe relate to each other. But this is a a bizarre concept in the flat share. It's a guy who works night shifts and a woman who works uh, on an online news site during the day and they share the flat. And But by sharing the flat, they actually sleep in the same bed. So <laughs> what happens is that she has to be out of the house by 8 a.m. in the morning. She has to make the bed, leave it all immaculate, and they leave each other little post-it notes and she goes to work and then he comes home from his night shift uh, and gets in bed and sleeps during the day. Look, I mean, <laughs> as a as a concept, you know, the first thing that happens is you see them trying to decide are they going to have to change the sheets every time. I mean, I don't know about you, James, but, like, I don't know that I could be in a arrangement like this with someone and just assume that they're going to keep the sheets dirty. And so straight away I was, like, thinking to myself, what would I do in this situation? And then all these funny things happen and there's lots of potential for storylines here because the the guy's got a brother who's in jail and he rings the house and she picks up the phone. Uh, so, yeah, real, real potential here of uh, where we can go. Yeah, this was so it was commissioned for Paramount Plus in the UK and it was apparently their first... It was their first UK commission or their first UK comedy. 
um, six episodes. Um, I'm not sure when did it go out in the UK. I think, oh, yeah, that's going to be sort of day and date, I guess, because it's coming out in the UK on December 1. So Yeah, right. Yeah, And, I mean, to have Jessica Brown Finlay uh, in the lead as Tiffany, look, when you think about her in Downton Abbey when she was playing Lady Sybil, and in this show she is just the polar opposite of that character. <laughs> you know, she's a, a messy girl. She's got all these issues. She can barely find enough time in her private life to do her job. Her job is under threat. She's stressed. Uh, she jumps to conclusions quickly. She goes out after work and binge drinks to because she's got no money. I mean, she's just an absolute mess. And compared to her, uh, the guy, uh, he is quite... He's got his shit together in a way. He's played by Anthony Michael Welsh, who... Uh, was just in the trial of Christine Keeler, which I know that you and I watched. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's I think it's a really interesting concept. Um, I'm not as engaged with it as I was from Colin from accounts. But the longer that first episode went on, the more I could feel myself getting sucked into uh, this and and trying to figure out, are they ever going to actually meet each other? Because in the first episode, they walk past each other in a supermarket as uh, one's going to work and one's coming home, but they don't even glance at each other. So it's <laughs> going to be fascinating to see as this series goes on, what happened? Will they ever get around to uh, bumping into each other? Okay, well, good stuff. All right, now let's mention, let's the talk about the two Aussie soap operas I alluded to in yep. the um, in the intro. Uh, first off, Home and Away, let's go there, um, which is now, I guess, Australia's premier drama series, isn't it? Well, yeah, it is. Uh, One of the I few. Mean, <laughs> well, well, it is, and it, it's... Um, it's literally it might it'll probably finish the year as our highest rated drama again yep. because it maintains those ratings look it it doesn't ever quite beat a current affair in a way it's interesting you know because you can't imagine that seven love that that every night a current affair beats home in a way but you know, there's a space now for Home and Away. Well, there was a space when Neighbours was off the air for Home and Away to kind of jump into that space. But, of course, to me, from what I'm seeing online, it's the UK fans that still get more excited about this. And without Neighbours, there was kind of this opportunity, this kind of, it opened up this uh, gap, I guess, and Home and Away have kind of filled that gap. I've seen a lot more of their storyline teasers on Digital Spy, for example, and I've noted that Channel 5 over the Christmas break are going to screen classic episodes of Home and Away because they're already gearing up for the 35th anniversary oh, of Home and Away, which is interesting because I don't know that Seven will celebrate that. I mean, Seven barely celebrated the 30th anniversary of Home and Away because they're worried that that makes the show look too old. Whereas in the UK, we've got a completely different set of fans who do celebrate long-running successes uh, in the soap world. Uh, they're going to be hugely excited about it. So it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, and where they go with that. But, of course, the thing that's uh, changed all of this is we – found out literally hours after we finished our last podcast last week that Neighbours is coming back. And I tell you what, James, I was completely floored 
by that news. And when someone first told me, I thought they were pulling my leg. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible, isn't it, that um, it's coming back. We we don't know a lot about it, although I see a report this morning, I think out of the UK, that they're expecting to have a, a lot of episodes again. Yeah. Maybe it'll be daily. Um, they'll continue in a similar format to, to what the audience has known. So five days a week, nearly every week of the year, yeah. which is, you know, which is going to be a big ask. Um, but but um, obviously, I guess the, the, the reason it came back was the sale to um, international partners now going to be Amazon Prime. Yep. Um, and interestingly enough, you, I think you can watch it in Australia ad-free seven days after it's been on 10. That is interesting. Although I get the feeling that there's a different Amazon version in the UK and maybe Canada because they keep saying Amazon freebie. It, it feels to me like Amazon's going to have some fast TV channels, which uh, is coming to Australia. We know that 7 Plus is going to be doing it. 10 Play is going to be bringing Pluto. And what this is, is as someone laughed to me the other day, we're actually going back to the original model of how TV started. A half hour slot with a 23-minute show and seven minutes of ads. It'll be free to watch. You won't have to pay a monthly subscription, but when you watch the show, there will be ads in it. And that's the model that uh, is going to be going on in the UK because over there it's going to screen on Amazon Freebie with ads. Here in yeah. Australia, it's slightly different. We're going to have the host broadcaster Channel 10. They're going to put it to air somewhere, I hope on Channel 10, not on one of those bloody digital channels. It has to be there on the main channel. They need to work to get that audience back and not just toss it aside like they've done in the past on 10 Peach. Um, but the idea then will, it will, seven days later, you'll be what, be able to watch those episodes ad-free if you prefer to do it that way. So it's different situations in every country. But, of course, what this deal with Amazon means is a couple of things. First of all, classic episodes. Thousands of classic episodes are going to be there for fans to watch. Uh, and the other thing about this is that, you know, a lot of the pundits are talking about how Amazon are going to use this as a kind of a gateway drug to get you into their uh, suite of channels. And they're doing this already with Judge Judy. That's why they've paid Judge Judy all this money to come over and say, you have to come to Amazon to watch the new Judge Jury show. And if you're going to come every day because there's a new episode, hopefully that'll get you into the habit of then exploring what else there is to watch on that show. So Amazon have done their research. As I always suspected, someone has looked at the incredible viewer loyalty and outpouring of emotion that happened when Nabu was brought to what I would call a premature end. And now Amazon hopefully are going to uh, harness all that energy and uh, for a two-year contract, hopefully build Neighbours back up to uh, something bigger than it was before. Just finally on this, I, I tend to agree with you. I, I think it's really got to come back on the primary channel. It's got to be on 10. Yeah. Um, because you're just going to get the biggest audience there without doubt. That does give them a programming challenge, though, doesn't it? Because where do they run it? It's yeah. got to be presumably sometime between 6 and 8, 8 p.m. Uh, at yeah. night. Um, there's opportunity next year because Tracy's ending on the um, current affair, so there's yep. potentially audience to be stolen at 7 p.m. if yep. viewers, you know, 
say, oh, look, we've been with Tracy for all these years, but we're open to seeing what else is on now. So there's there's viewers to get there. Look, we've seen in the past when you put Neighbours up against Home and Away, it's a disaster. It splits the audience. Neighbours yeah. has to be in its own slot. For years and years, it was Neighbours at 6.30. You turn the channel to uh, Home and Away at 7 o'clock. And I don't think Home and Away is uh, going to go anywhere. So, look, if 10 want to keep the project, they should do what fans have been begging for years. Stop extending five news at five that runs for an hour. Stop extending yeah. it for an hour and a half. Put Neighbours on at 6 p.m. Give the viewers an option. They don't necessarily want to watch the nine or uh, seven news. Could watch Neighbours, gap between the news, Neighbours, project. That to me seems the most sensible place uh, for Neighbours to go. And before we leave this subject, I should also point out the reason we mentioned Home and Away today is they're going to do their 90-minute uh, finale for 2023 next Monday on 7 and then it of course it'll be on 7 plus I get the feeling their summer cliffhanger is going to revolve around a wedding it's been going on all week uh, on this show uh, my, my call out to home and away as they go into the new year you know home and away needs to take a few more creative risks and they could speed up that storyline telling just a bit you mm. know that, that, that you know their cast is relatively small compared to other soaps uh and there's they do stories that tend to go on and on and on i think that they should maybe look at uh, giving their audience a little bit more consideration the audience is more sophisticated that they give them credit for and i think that Home and Away could take some creative risks in 2023, particularly now that Neighbours is coming back into that competition. Uh, so, yeah. Okay. So Andrew says Neighbours at 6, Project at 7.30. Uh, at 6.30. Correct. With the whole new uh, team, but we won't get into that. We'll be here for another hour. Yeah. Um, let's talk. Now, you recommended, you've been, I could say, pushing, promoting two things to watch for me this week. First one is Welcome to Chippendales. Yep. On Disney Plus. The second one is Wednesday on Netflix. Yeah. I've watched them both. One of these I think is going to go straight into my top um I always find it hard to do 20, but my best shows of the year, possibly top 20. Wow. Can you guess which one of the two it might be? Well, I think you gave a clue away at the beginning when you said welcome to Chippendales, but I would have thought that uh, if I had to, if you were to say to me you can only watch one of these shows, keep watching Wednesday or welcome to Chippendales, I would go with Wednesday because I kind of know the story of welcome to Chippendales already. Reveal all. Which show did you love of the two? Uh, I can't get enough of Welcome to Chippendales. Ah, <laughs> well, there you go. It is so good. Look, the we've talked about the difference between British drama and US, and this year the US, well, the last couple of years, the US have really nailed um, retrospective looks at, at real-life events in the 70s and the 80s, yep. a little bit into the 90s, and they've hit it out of the park with um, Welcome to Chippendales. Look, this is just fantastic. Look, you knew this. You know the story a lot better than me. Yeah, I wasn't. I look. I knew it became a famous male strip club. Um, I didn't know a lot about the detail of how it started and the mess it eventually got into. Right. Yeah. So this just fascinates me. Um, I'm two episodes in, so I've seen the story about how it goes from a a, a 
was an, an Indian American, I guess, yep. like yep. Um, working in a gas station. Yes, Steve Banerjee, as played by Kumali Nanjani. How good is he? You mean, oh, Fantastic. Man. He is just magic to watch in this. But how he saves up, he saves up, <laughs> he eats food from the fridges in the in the servo where he works. Just he saves all this money, saves enough money to open. He wants it. Uh, it was a backgammon, wasn't it? He, he originally opens as a, at a as a backgammon club, and that's that's, it. Yeah. that's a huge disaster. Yeah. So he realizes he's got to do something different. And I must admit, that was a great scene where. What's the other thing too is the fact that he's hot, hanging out with Paul oh. Snyder and Dorothy Stratton. Now <laughs> Dorothy Stratton, we know was the playmate of the year who ends yeah. up getting murdered by Paul Snyder. And the whole time I was watching that, I was like, is that Dan Stevens? Is Dan Stevens in yet another 70s drama? Because he was just <laughs> in Gaslit with Julia Roberts playing a, a guy in the 70s. And I was like, is that him again? It's him. Um, it's fascinating. So Paul Snyder and Dorothy Stratton takes Steve Banerjee to a gay club and he's hugely uncomfortable in there and he's 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 leaving when he notices that everyone in the club suddenly is uh, distracted and starts paying attention to a male stripper. And that's when he realises, oh, hang on, he, because he sees the reaction of Dorothy Stratton, not so much the gay men ogling the man. He's watching Dor Dorothy Stratton reacting to a male stripper in the 70s, which wasn't yeah. really done back then. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's just just fantastic. Um, what a what a great uh, series they've put together. Um, the um, Murray Bartlett plays the choreographer that um, yeah. that um, Steve brings in to sort of um, put you know put some because he just gets some guys off construction sites. He he pulls together these people who will say, "Yeah, look, I'll give male stripping a go," <laughs> yeah. but he finds Steve. Um, now Steve finds um this guy's at Nick Denoe is Dick Denoyer, yeah, uh, as his real life name, played by Murray Bartlett, to yeah. sort of choreograph the team and, and give it some form, turn it into a bit of a show. So he's great. And what about Juliet Lewis as the um as a patron who loves it and wants a job there? God, Juliet Lewis. I mean, every time you see her, you just think, "Here we go. She's gonna. <laughs> she's bringing the crazy to this show." Uh, Look, um, I did. I must admit, I don't love it as much as you, James. Okay. I found Murray Bartlett's wigs hugely distracting. It's like, oh god, no. that's a wig. Um, <laughs> I, I was. It, it, it does feel a little bit by uh, paint by numbers at the moment. Now, I, yeah, I guess okay. it's the setup of it. I just need a little bit more because I kind of feel that you and I have watched so many of these shows, and particularly yeah. this year. Gaslit and Minx and all of this kind of celebration of the 70s. And I'm watching Welcome to Chippendales and going, it's more of the same. I need a little bit more. I think we might get into that. I'm going to stick with it as we get to episodes uh, three and four because at the moment we're just setting it all up. Um, and 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 we, you and I, well, I know that the story gets really, really dark after this point. Yeah, gee, tough crowd, mate. Come on, you got to stick with it. <laughs> um, the um, yeah, because I don't know. Yeah, it's going to go somewhere, and that's going to be fascinating. How it turns into a um, a bit of a, a crime thriller. I'm guessing, you know. Yeah. 
But yeah, that whole Dorothy Stratton thing too, and Paul Snyder. She ended up with Peter Bogdanovich, of course, um, living with him. I think she was living with him when Paul Snyder actually um, um, murdered her. And yeah. um, it's just, it's, and there's some look. If you want to get into Dorothy Stratton thing, Bob Fosse movie was it Star Eighty? Star Eighty, starring uh, Mario Hemingway. Hemingway, yep. Yeah. And there was a reasonably good TV movie about it as well. I think, yeah. Too. Which yeah. I can't remember at the moment, so I, I'm I'm very keen to go back and visit some of that stuff. Now the other one, Wednesday. Meh, if you want to talk about paint by numbers, that to me was just like a. It was like a, I don't know. Was this? Have we got a new genre, which is a coming of age supernatural horror comedy? <laughs> yeah, it was a. To me, it was like a standard high school coming of age. You know soft drama but with the edginess of the Adams family thrown into it yeah I, look I've got to agree with you to a point there as well when the first episode started I was loving it Catherine Zeta Jones <laughs> yeah. as Morticia having this fractious relationship with Wednesday which we've never really seen before yeah. you know we've never seen the mother and daughter feuding and so they've changed just enough to keep it the Adams family but to put this new, twist on it but for me the problem with it was it was all great tim burton was directing it and i love it that gomez had kind of dirty teeth (laughs) it wasn't quite the sexy gomez the way we remembered there were all these kind of things that were just a little bit different thing uh was in it but he had all of these stitches around his hands like he'd been put together from a whole bunch of body parts so there's all these interesting things there for fans of the Adams family. But I've got to admit to you that once we get into episode two, to me, I was feeling like I was watching another version of Harry Potter in that we had a supernatural school and that Harry Potter world was being put into the Adams family universe to tell what's essentially going to be a, a, a supernatural school story where the fellow students are vampires and werewolves and we've now got Wednesday, she's going to have a supernatural power. The Adams family never had that supernatural element to it originally. So I'm not quite sure how successful it's going to be, but, uh, you know, anything that Tim Burton's attracted to I'm kind of interested in, but there's no guarantee that he isn't going to mess it up because uh, he certainly made the Dark Shadows fans unhappy when he made the feature film with Johnny Depp. And that was a show that he and Johnny Depp both said they loved when they were growing up. And I assume they're Adams Family fans too. I bet you Tim Burton loved the Adams Family when he was a little boy in the 60s watching it and watching the repeats in the 70s. Let's see where he's going to go. Uh, a, a note of caution on this. I, I want more Adams Adam's family and less Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like the way I like it's very colourful. I like what Tim Burton's done because he can be sort of a quite a dark, a, a very black and white sort of director. Yeah. This one is it's lush, it's looks like it's all shot on 4K. It's very and it's very high res. It's um you know, but it does have that very sort of formulaic American feel to it, but knowing Tim Burton's done that also makes it sort of acceptable in a way. Yeah. So I, I, I don't really mind that. So, yeah, I'll definitely stick with it. And it, it's a fun watch too, you know. It's um, it's a it's a fairly easy watch, so I'm enjoying that. Look, quickly onto The Crown, 
Um, I loved this a lot more than you last time we spoke about it. Yeah. You had a few problems. I think people are whinging too much about the cast. Get over it. They're all great actors. Don't be too obsessed that, look, they mightn't look like the actual characters or is is Dom West a little bit old or a little bit young to be, oh, come on, you know, give me a break. He's a great actor. I think he's, I think he's portraying uh, a character of Prince Charles exactly as he would be. Sure, maybe he should look older in, in the show or maybe he should look younger because I guess Prince Charles, it's a, he was maybe younger at the time. Um, you know, the, the meanest criticism I think is of, um, the Queen Mother, Marsha Warren. Well, she looks nothing like the Queen Mother. That's why. Nothing like her. She's tall and skinny. She's Mate, skinny. give her a break. Come on. This this woman is at the towards the end of her career. I think she's doing a great job. Um, she's trying her best. I think it's just she's me. trying her best. They could put a bit of padding on her for God's sake, though. Just give her more of that. Queen Mother Pop. I will tell you my favourite, favourite scene in it, though, James, and this should be no surprise to you. My favourite moments in it was when Prince Williams is at Eton and he's visiting Grandma, the Queen, and she's got this old TV and he's like, you know, man, you need to get a new TV and you've got to get more channels than the BBC. You can get Sky now with 100 channels. And he only gets her across the line when she discovers that she can get the racing channel which is showing in TABs, and she's like sitting there going, says to the Queen Mother, oh, I've got the racing channel now. And then Prince William picks up the, the Radio Times and says to the Queen Mother, oh, on UK Gold right now are repeats of Dallas, Knott's Landing and The Bill. Please tell me you don't know what those are. And she goes, oh, I was like, wow, I never thought I was going to live the day where I'd hear Dallas and Knott's Landing referenced in The Crown. But as much as I love that, James, I still have not warmed to Imelda Staunton as the Queen. She's letting it down for me. Yeah, that's, again, that's too harsh, you know. Look, she mightn't have been as good as the other Queen Elizabeths. I mean, Claire Foy did a great job. Um who was the second one? Olivia um, Coleman. Olivia Coleman, of course, looked great. It's a yeah. tough act to follow both of those. It is a tough uh, act, you're right. And we've talked about how they turn over the cast because it it helps refresh the series. It gives them a whole lot of publicity talking points every yeah. two years, every two seasons. So I get that. Um, and, but it's a tough ask on those actors, I think. So you've got to cut them a little bit of slack. I think what we both perhaps might agree on one of the standouts is Johnny Lee Miller as John Major. Totally. We didn't mention him last time, and he does no. such an amazing job. I mean, you're right. Elizabeth Debicki's getting all the attention for yeah. her incredible portrayal of, you know, Lady Princess Diana. But, yeah, oh, Johnny Lee Miller so strong. And I had no idea um, that as John Majors, who's one of those prime ministers that doesn't suck up a lot of airspace the way that uh, Margaret Thatcher and, uh, you know, more recently a Boris Johnson does. I thought it was really interesting that to see that relationship between him and the Queen and the fact that he played a role in uh, the trying to settle down the divorce proceedings between Charles and Diana. That was really interesting. 
Yeah, yeah. We also talked a little bit about, I was saying, look, I think most of what's in the crowns basically true. Well, it seems they've taken quite a few liberties in this season. Um, so there's quite a bit of reading around if you're interested about, you know, fact versus fiction, um, particularly in the Times in the UK have, have had some really pretty interesting stuff. Um, so if you, but trouble with that is a, a lot of it's behind a paywall. So you right. might be able to read it, but, but there's other stuff too. The Guardian's had a fair bit, which hasn't been behind a paywall. So that's all, that's all pretty interesting and, um, and worth getting into. Yeah. You mentioned Elizabeth Debicki, just fantastic. fantastic. Um, I think easily her greatest work to, to be sure so far. Yeah. Yeah, undoubtedly. Uh, Leslie Manville, look, I'm loving her as Princess Margaret. And, you know, Vanessa Kirby did such a great job in the past as well. Um, so, but look, I, I just, the acting alone, I think it's worth sticking with this, you know? Yeah. History, okay, they might have fiddled with the history, okay, fair enough. That can be a criticism. But the cast, and don't, you know, if you can get over the likenesses and the, you know, and what's gone before, there's still a lot to enjoy in this. You're right. These are quibbles in terms of the big picture, in terms of the fact that we have these amazing, uh, this amazing story and these amazing actors. You're right. I am quibbling, but there you go. Yeah, and just what's Peter Morgan, isn't it? Is that the guy? Um, yeah, Peter Morgan who... who yeah, what he's the... done, what he's achieved so far. Yeah, true. I think there's one season to come. They're filming it at the moment. Um, well, I don't think they've. I'd, yeah, if they said there's going to be six, I think they said there was going to be yeah, six there's, seasons. There's one more, one more for a yeah, season. Okay. That's it. Yeah. yeah, the money they've invested in it's incredible, though, isn't it? Yeah, anyway. massive. Those sets Look, incredible. Viewing highlights. Can I go first with this? Sure can. Elton John live. Farewell from Dodger Stadium. Did Disney you watch Plus. it live on Monday? I didn't. I put it in my bloody diary. I had it all. No. Set. Do not miss this, I said. It was in my diary. TV Tonight was saying you've got to watch it live. Who knows when it will turn up on um, on demand. I get to near the end of the show and I'm ringing someone. He goes, I can't talk. I'm watching Elton John. I go, oh, my God, I've missed three hours. Oh, I thought you'd. I was on I was on some website that afternoon and the, the, the message came up, it's happening now. I was like, wow, there you go. James will be watching this. I should have sent you a text to remind you. The good news is, though, it's all there as an on-demand event. Of course it is, yeah. Event now. So that's something I'll definitely get to in the, on the weekend. And, look, Disney have had some real issues this week. We, we won't go into that because, again, that's another hour discussion about the challenges facing them. But... Fair to say Disney Plus could be changing in the future. You know, the wow. the old CEO's back. He's going to be addressing the business model. You could probably say they're not going to invest as much in the future as they have been. Yeah. Um, but for the time being, it's a great place for some movie docos and movies. The Bohemian Rhapsody, the movie is there. Get Back the Beatles, that amazing doco is there. And also that quite strange McCartney 321 where he's one-on-one -on -one with Rick Rubin. I love sort of that show. I love it. some of the songs. Yeah, but it's very, yeah. it's an unconventional doco, wasn't it's it? And that's why I loved it. It was yeah. just so interesting to see him in conversation with a music producer. It, it was one for the real musicians, yeah. nutting yeah. down onto details. Yeah, for sure. Look, it really works. We've talked a lot about Paramount Plus today. Look, they've got a half-price offer up. $45 for 12 months. That's a great deal. I think it's new customers or people who have um, cancelled. 
right. if your existing customer you can't upgrade to a 12 month. Yeah. But it's a good deal, perhaps, because there's a bunch of stuff there. And if you know, forty-five dollars over twelve, what's that? Three bucks, three fifty a week or some a, a month. That's yeah. a pretty good deal. I mean, we've talked about the offer. I think we'll probably both make mention of that maybe next week. Yeah. If that's worth getting it alone. That's Absolutely. worth forty five. That's that worth forty five bucks. Alone. Like, they've yeah. got the three Godfather movies, yeah. The, the sort of the re-edited tweaked versions too or extended whatever you call them so they're all up there as well um they've got that new tulsa king sliced alone i've got no idea what it's like it's got some pretty good reviews that's so funny you say that james because i went looking for it last night on amazon prime and couldn't find it is uh -huh. it on paramount plus i'm pretty sure it is yeah. wow okay that changes things all right it's got wog boys forever again not yeah. my cup of tea but you know it's interesting it's some quirky aussie comedy it's got all of the episodes of The Affair, which you know I've been a big fan of yeah. over the journey, again, nod to Dominic West. It's got probably my most favourite movie ever, Almost Famous. That's sitting there on Paramount+. Plus. It's probably on some other platforms too. And, look, if you're into Yellowstone, you're going to have to get Paramount+. Plus Because, look. They've got the sequels, haven't they? Yeah, well, there's three spin-off series they're doing. Talk wow. about milking a bloody Is that franchise. Too much three spin-offs from a show like Well, we, we're gonna we're gonna find out soon, aren't we? 1883's already up there. Yeah. 1923 is to come. Right. And then there's something called 6666, which is more a contemporary thing about an existing ranch, I think, in Montana. Okay. Which interestingly, some of the creators of the program actually own and run. Right. So, you know, there's at, at least it's going to be interesting to see where that goes. Yep. And you didn't mention Five Bedrooms on Paramount Plus. Oh, you know, okay, one of the yep. best Aussie, you know, yep. comedy dramas around at the moment. I know they're making more episodes. It's fantastic. Can't wait to see that. Yeah. Oh, and um, Top Gun Maverick coming December 22. Yes, it's going to be there. I was underwhelmed by that. But look, I did watch it on a plane. So, did you know, you've got to see that's the type of film you got to see on a big screen. Yes, I'll get it. I'll sit close to the TV. <laughs> so it'll be, it'll yeah. look huge. I think I'll still have a few problems with it, but anyway, what you got some tips for the next week? Um, look, we haven't had time to talk. I watched Poker Face, the new Aussie film on okay. Stan. You know, huge cast: Russell Crowe, Steve Bastoni, Daniel McPherson, Elsa Padaky, Liam Hemsworth. Interesting casting there, James. I mean, Russell Crowe now, and he actually says in the show he's fifty-seven years old. Right, Liam Hemsworth. 32 years old, playing one of his school friends they grew up together. <laughs> There's this sequence at the beginning with the five teenagers and then you see them as adults and for the entire film I couldn't figure out who was who. Not a great film. Um, I think that Russell Crowe, who directed this and, you know, I, it's a, it's a very joyless film. It takes itself far too seriously. And I think that uh, he needs a bit of a sense of humour. They're going for the Ocean's Eleven vibe, but without the humour. So what you get left with is something that comes off as being really pretentious. Sorry, not oh. one of, uh, not, not uh, getting lots of thumbs up from me. Okay. All righty. Just quickly, you mentioned a movie. I watched The Wonder which has turned up on Netflix, 
That's with um, a Florence. Is this about a little girl? Yeah, the nurse. Florence Pugh is a English nurse yep. hired to go to Ireland to try and investigate this little girl yep. Who's, yep. who's not eating. That's right. Someone's and, told me about this. Yeah, um, it's become a bit of a religious sort of all these people are making a pilgrimage to go and see her. They yep. think it's some sort of special, I don't know, she's almost saintly in that she yep. can, she looks fine, but she's not eating. How does she do it? It's, oh, it's okay. A, it's an amazing, uh, it's an amazing movie. And for a, his, one thing I'll say about, they break down the fourth wall at, a couple of times, which has happened a fair bit lately, hasn't it? Yeah. But um, the first time I've really seen it, I think, in a historical drama. Interesting. So it'd be interesting if you hear your thoughts about that okay. one day as well. Um, look, you can read Andrew every week at mediaweek.com.au in the Media Week Morning Report, our daily newsletter. Subscribe on the website. It's free. Do you know what you're addressing this week? Um, look, I'll, I'll write some more about Colin from Accounts. I'll try and watch another episode of that. I'm really happy about that. Uh, and I'll try and see if I can find out some more information about the Home and Away finale because I do love a summer cliffhanger. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Look, um, the next time you hear from us, it'll be our uh, year in review. Wow. Look, speaking for myself, I've got to do a bit of work to uh, Jeez, so do get, I. get this list in order. As it happens, I think every year we both say, look, we'll do this throughout the year. I've got paper scraps. I've got a couple of uh, websites where I've listed all stuff. I've got to try and pull it all together and Jeez, make some sense. Better, you've done better than me. I've made zero. Zero notes this year, zero. I'm going to have to, like, research, research, and I bet you we do it, and five minutes after we do it next week, I'll go, I can't believe I forgot to mention this show. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to literally get on it uh, uh, today and start trying to figure it out. Good stuff. All right. Until then, Andrew, thanks for joining us. Thanks, James. Have a great week.